Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is luxury healing, baby. <laughs> Mind the business that pays, right? I'm not going to be out here spending a bunch of money on things that are just going to make me sad and I'm going to have buyer's remorse. I'm going to spend the money on things that make me feel good, people that, you know, make me feel good and go to places that make me feel good and things that Living is a luxury, don't you think? When we're talking about luxury healing, some of us didn't even make it to hear this show. So I think that we all need to be cognizant of the fact that just to be living is a luxury. When we talk about luxury healing, it's not always going to be cute. It's not always going to be free. Healing costs money. You think jail don't cost money? (laughs) And when you're in an unhealed space and you go to jail, that costs money. You know, when you're in an unhealed space and, and you're doing things, you know, to your kids or you're, you're not paying your child support or you're not paying your dues in the community, those things in the end will cost you money. That's a luxury that a lot of us don't have. I am definitely um, here. So today I decided to do an impromptu um, chat show because um, it has just been on me. I ha- I do I used to do church every Sunday um, when I was deeper into my healing. We're always in healing consistently every day all the time. But when I was in a different space in my healing, and um, I started doing church shows and. Now I just do them when there's something that's so far on me that it needs to be spoken about. And so I was having conversations with people this week, and then finally, because I I don't get much time to sit down and watch television. Like, I don't have time. Um, So people have to understand that, like, when I'm responding to emails and text messages and things like that, like, and I'm doing that in regular rotation every day, like, I'm not saying you're lucky but I'm saying you're blessed because I have literally, like I said before, 50 million other things aside from being, you know, somebody that works a regular job and somebody that's a parent, that present parent. So I um, sat down finally and got to watch P Valley, which is a show on stars. So at first I was like, oh, this is going to be like the players club, you know, it's going to be, ugh, you know, whatever. And I sat down and I watched all the episodes. I caught up on it. And um, it made me a little sick to my stomach. And I was so taken aback by the mother-daughter relationship. So without giving everything away, the daughter is an exotic dancer. And the mother is a sanctified, sanctimonious church person. And we used to often joke that preacher's kids turn out the worst. You know, my father was a preacher's kid. My uncle is a preacher. I've, you know, I've been ordained as well. And I was watching the show, and it just really triggered a lot in me, you know. 
um, how this woman manipulated her own daughter into tithing tens and thousands of dollars to a church that blasphemed her. So this hurts me to watch. And if you guys are following me on Instagram at miss, M-I-S-S dot D dot Scott, you'll see my commentary as I often have commentary after certain shows that I watch. And I made a post and I said, you know, we really need to talk about toxic moms. And a lot of you guys came forward and was like, yeah, we need to talk about that. So even though I am still at a different phase in my healing, let's talk about it. So it's very difficult for me when y'all come to me in a specific space and time and y'all have trouble acknowledging that sometimes you were abused or sometimes you were neglected or sometimes you were taken advantage of. So imagine how hard that is and then someone coming to me and that person that did that to you is your parent. And so I'm not here to blaspheme my mother or my father. You know, I love my parents dearly. But I am here to say that, you know, although I love my mother to the day she died and I did as much for her as I could to help her heal, there were reasons I didn't rock with my grandmother, which was her mother, because my mother was in an unprotected space and a lot of things happened to my mother. So me going to school for neuroscience and psychology wasn't even really for me. It was because I was trying to understand my mother. And this was back in the 90s when we didn't have, the only two diagnoses that we had was that she was schizophrenic or you were manic depressive, which is, you know, a term that we associate with bipolar disorder. And um, so growing up in that environment, knowing that my mom, um, was sexually abused as a child, that within and of itself is, was the beginning of the end. So my mother functioned in, in certain ways. And one of those ways, so when you have a parent that is typically sexually abused, they either turn around and do the same thing to you or they protect you from the very thing that happens. So me personally, I've never been raped, knock on wood. I've never been sexually assaulted. Um I probably have been sexually assaulted, but I wouldn't consider it that just because in that space and time, not that I had a choice, but I allowed it because of my boyfriend or because it was, you know what I mean? And so we don't call things what they are when we don't know what they are. Um, I talk about that in my book, Staying Elena Diary of a Hot Mess, one of my sexual experiences that was probably deemed, you know, uh, somewhat of an assault. But my mother protected us. She made sure nobody touched me. I was sent away every summer because I was, you know, getting in my teenage years. You know, she didn't want me talking to boys and things like that until I turned 16. So it was just, it was a different time. Um, I didn't wear a two-piece bathing suit until I was 12. My hair was in ponytails and pigtails until I was 13. I was not overly sexualized as a child. I, in fact, was kept far from that. So when you have a parent, So there's another syndrome that's going on, and especially I want to bring this up because this has been very indicative of women that are my age, women that are younger, who are the firstborn of their mother at a young age. There is definitely some level of jealousy going on because now you're in a situation where the mother is looking at this child, and she's 16, she's 20, she's 21, and she has your face, or she looks like her father, and she has your body, and she's has your mannerisms, and here you are, a hot mess as a mother sometimes um, because you want to eat mashed potatoes, because you want to eat the crispy fried chicken. So now you develop this 
weird jealousy, the symbiotic jealousy and rage for your own child that you birth because you look at her as the reason why you can't pop that thing no more. You look at her as the reason why you didn't marry this person because of that person. And that is also abuse. That is also abusive. And as we get older, I literally had a conversation with a man the other day, and just his audaciousness made me nauseous. Like, who do you think you are talking to? And, you know, something that I learned this week also is that chauvinism doesn't have a race. There are black men that have talked to me worse than any white man on the planet have in a professional setting. And it always amazes me when they say, I want to speak to the person in charge. And sometimes, like I said, I have to actually turn around and, like, look back over my shoulder and be like, who? Like, because there's, no, I want to speak to the person higher than you. Is there, is, is there someone in here? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is there someone in here that looks like they're higher than me on the total? Like, what are you talking about? You're going to talk to me because the person, the man that's standing behind me is going to say the exact same thing that I just told you. So I was having a conversation with the man, and he could not articulate to me what was going on at my place of business to, for me to reprimand my employee. And then I realized, so the, the raggedy wife, she comes in and she turns in, and I'm realizing the reason that he is speaking to me this way is because you allow him to speak to you like that, okay? You, you allow him to take your penny paycheck and, you know, make him feel like he's the man even though he didn't earn nor deserve it. You make him feel like it's okay to speak to other black women, even though it doesn't matter that I'm black, but just other women in general. He looks at me as a sub subspecies because of you. So who raised you is what I want to know. They got to bow down and things like that. But, like, let's just get to business. Everything a lot of black men are saying to me is very emotional and is very bitch-made. And I don't know where that comes from, but what I do know is that you will not speak to me like that. Okay, very snide, very like, you know, like you have all the power because you drop down $4.18 and I'm supposed to bend over backwards. And I'm not saying that I don't appreciate things that men in my life have done or will do and will continue to do. I'm saying that because it's easier to deal with a bum than to deal with a woman that's going to make you ascend, there's certain things that begin to happen to men, okay, like they forget that they're a man. You keep coddling these niggers. You keep coddling these men and see what happens. They'll never leave your home. They'll never turn out and, and be the man that you need when you need them, okay? I don't know what happened to women in the last 20 years that all of a sudden I've become this beacon of light, this auntie and this godmother to a nation of young and, and middle-aged women even my age. You know, I had a conversation with my girlfriend, and she says, you know, my grandmother never told me stuff like this. And I'm like, shoot, my, my, you know, my grandmother, my mama, they were, they were OGs, you know. And then if, it, if I didn't hear something from them, I heard it from my father, from my uncle. So not that I'm an expert on men and relationships and all these other things that they're saying in the streets. It's just that I get both sides of the story. So we talk about toxic mothers, you know, when we as women hold our men accountable, you said this to me and that hurt me, or you stole this from me and that was unacceptable, or you keep making excuses for things like this. In the real world, people are not going to love you the way that I do. 
you know, and I realize even in my own son. So although I'm not a toxic parent, and he'll tell you that my son is really laid back, I'm not a perfect parent, 100% not. And I realized that I didn't have my son on the schedule and that we kind of just, you know, whenever it's time to do this, we do that. And, and I said to him, I said, because of that, um, you've been allowed to function as your true self, artistically, creatively. But when you get to college, they're not going to care that you worked yesterday. And that's why I didn't turn in an assignment. When you, you know, get married, she's not going to care that you didn't know that the end it wasn't your fault. The number one thing I don't want to hear from my son is it's not my fault. I don't want to hear that. You are allowed to express And then something else that my son did is he's like, well, I'm ready to talk to you now because this, this, and this. And I said, that's not how this works. You, don't, you talk to me when, it's, when I can talk to you. I can't talk to you right now because I have to go to work to pay for all these things that you disrespect me for today, in this moment, in this time. And so my son had to understand that just because you're ready to talk doesn't mean I want to fucking talk. No, you go sit down somewhere and wait until I'm able to speak to you, because if I say something to you now, and so that is the delusion of grandeur that I've given my own son, that just because you're ready to talk right here and now, that that means that I'm ready to talk too. Sir, you are a teen. You will sit down until I tap on this door that I paid for and tell you to come outside because I need to be in a better headspace to speak to you properly and with love and with care. And that's my fault. Now, if I allowed my son to continue to think that way, that means, because guess what? If you do it to me, you're going to do it to your school. You're going to do it to the cops. You're going to do it to the woman that you date. I, I, I tell my son all the time, I, I ain't raising no, no hoes. I ain't raising no pimps. And I ain't raising no niggers. Okay? So I had to teach him. Everybody's feelings are valid. But that doesn't mean that I need to receive them right now. You go marinate on that, and when I'm ready to talk to you, I'll come talk to you. And this is a thing that a lot of black women, especially single black women, are doing to their sons. Just because he falls, you got to run over there and cattle him. Just because of, no, you need to teach these men how to problem solve. Because then what happens is they get, to, they get older, and then they come work for people like me who have no, listen, the minute somebody says, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, this what happened, my car broke down, I stop listening. All I want to hear is I'm sorry it happened, and maybe – it won't happen again. That would be a great little sprinkle on top of the ice cream. Okay? No one cares. Okay? Um, so this week I watched P-Valley about the toxic mom and how the mother stole the money, but she was accepting the money, and she knew the daughter was a stripper, and she took it to live out her dream. That hurt me so bad. Because although my mother has not done something like that, my mother has done other things. My mother, God rest her soul, she's been gone seven years, but I went to get Reiki in 2012 to be able to finish my book, Staying in Lane, that was released in 2013. And when I went and got Reiki, she was having a conversation with me. Um, her name was Rebecca Joy. I did six sessions in Lackawanna, up in upstate New York where I'm from. And she says, is it possible that one of your, your parents is demonic? And I said, it is, um, and especially when they're in between the realms. So my mother had been unhealthy for a long time, and uh, so sometimes dementia looks like something else, or sometimes, you know, drug addiction or abuse looks like something else. But there's always a possession that's getting ready to happen. And she says, you know, you can't heal better in the same place that made you sick. And so I had to release 
the notion that the woman that was in that house was my mother, because um, she, she was and looks, but her spirit, her soul wasn't the same. Um, and I treated her accordingly. You know, she was not the best person before she left this realm. But she also wasn't the greatest mom alive either. My mother was extremely toxic, um, but she taught me everything I know. So I was able to forgive my mother uh, the day my son was born. I was sitting in the hospital. My ex-husband was at work, and I remember crying and thinking to myself, my mom had four of us, and I only got one, and I don't even know what to do. And my mama ain't here because I was living in Florida at the time. And after that, I kind of forgave my mom for everything because it was just something intrinsically internally that I needed to do to move forward. And there was a lot of stuff, and you guys will read about that in my new book that's coming out, Black Girls Book of Shadows. And um, so a lot of you come to me, and, and you have these allegiances to your parents, and you have these allegiances to your mother and your father, as you should. But it is also okay to unplug and say, this what you're doing over here is ghetto, it's ratchet, I don't appreciate it, I don't like the way you talk to me, I'm an adult. Now, here's the kicker. If you accept so much as one peso from your mama in help, in equity, uh, she gives you money to do this, this, and this, you got to take everything. It's it's no different than accepting money from a man. You accept money from a man, you got to deal with that under his conditions. That's how a lot of y'all wake up dead because you think like, oh, so what, he gave me the money? Nah, that that money come with conditions. So, yeah, I tell you silence caused money, but there was a condition to my silence, okay? Um, a lot of us are meeting men that had toxic mothers. You know, it's toxic when you tell your son who is built like a seventh grade Mexican that he is God's gift to women because his hair curl up a little bit on the end. That's toxic. It's toxic when you do any and everything for your son, like the relationship we see with Emmett and his mother on the shy. That is toxic because what you're doing is you're enabling your child to be a not shit man, or you're enabling, you're, you're encouraging your daughter who may be a little bit centered in you to go out there and do things because that's not what you see. You live in vicariously through your child. That's child abuse. Okay. Just cause you can't fit into nothing now cause you want to eat loaves of bread. Don't mean that she should be able to get out there. Like, isn't her shape wonderful? Like, a lot of women focus on the wrong things when it comes to their kid. Is your child a good person? You know, do, do they know what to do if they're in a crisis? Are you the first person that they're going to call? These are things that you should be asking yourself instead of, you know, focusing on the fact that your son got the best outfit, but you live in the projects. I hope he does have the best outfit. Your rent is $80. I hope he, you know, like just it's toxic. When we're sitting here and the mom's face is beat and she looks amazing and the kids look raggedy, raggedy, that's toxic. It's toxic when you keep bringing abusive men around your children so that your children can watch you be beat up by men that don't love you. Okay? I witnessed this. That's toxic that I have to be 14 years old and perhaps maybe or maybe not had to stab someone that my mother was married to because he was putting hands on her. I I shouldn't have to do that. You're supposed to be protecting me. So let's talk about the fact that a lot of us have parented our own parents. 
And I'm not talking about in their old age. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like like when they were in their prime. Okay? If you're going to let your child live in your house after a certain age, you set up guidelines. Okay? Um, I realized that for one year, my son was working his little job or whatever. He was allowed to do whatever he wanted with his money. And I look up. And I said, okay, how much money did you have saved? And he's like, I only have this amount. And I said, that means you spent like two to $3,000 just on food and grab help. Can you tell me what you spent the money on? He said, no. I said, good. You, should, you did things your way. I allowed you to explore and do things your way. You have proven my point. Now we're going to do things mommy's way. Okay? You will begin to pay your phone bill. That is not cheap. Okay? Brand new iPhones, everything. You will buy your own toiletries. So, no, because my son doesn't have to work if he didn't want to. But because he's a straight A student, honor roll, he's doing other things. He wants to work, make his own money, buy frivolous things that he thinks that myself or his father wouldn't pay for, which we would. So any any time, you know, I had to have my first job when I was twelve. I think the whole town, our first job was working at uh, Planned Parenthood as a youth counselor. You know, so I told my son I had to set up boundaries. I just did a show last week on boundaries. Like, I know you think I don't pay attention because I work a lot, you know, but I am paying attention. I would not want to send my son out into the world and he didn't have proper money management skills. I wouldn't want my son to be any one of your daughter's husband and he didn't know how to cook his own meal or wash his own clothes, which he does. I wouldn't want to, I'm not, I'm not just raising a black or Latino man. I'm raising someone else's husband. Your children are reflections of you. So whether they're a serial killer, which sometimes that can't be helped, you know, whether they do certain things, that's based on you. My son had to learn the lesson this summer that anytime you go to someone's place, you bring something. So, of course, he's not an adult. He can't bring wine. But when he's going to these parties, I'm like, go get a car, put $10, 20 in it. Either way, he's like, Mom, you know, they did. that's not what they asked me to do. I said, but that's what you're going to do. You are most likely going to be the only little brown sugar baby in a lot of these places, and you're not going to go in there and they be sitting up there saying that we, you know, it's just it's proper etiquette. We are not teaching our children etiquette. We are not teaching them the napkin in the lap. We are not teaching them that they don't speak out of turn when there's adults in the room and to get your behind out this room. Okay? That's toxic. Because, see, what happens is, is your children grow up and go in the streets around people that don't care about them as much as you do, and they'll kill your kids for some of the stuff that you allow these boys to do or these women to do. And so I was thinking this week how powerful women are and how we raise a nation, birth a nation, raise a nation, and the detriment that we cause our children by not acknowledging their terrible behavior quickly when they're young. Um it upsets me that there are women out there that are what we call the pick me's, right? You, who raised y'all? Who raised y'all and told you that a relationship is 50%? It's toxic. A relationship is 100 and 100. I'm not going into a relationship giving somebody 50%. I'm not doing that. My mother ain't never told me to give nobody 50%. 50% of what? Okay. A lot of y'all women that may not be of African descent, but you love black men, right? 
You had children to be black men. Did you raise your children to be black men? Because I told y'all before, the world don't see your child as half German, half Italian, or half Polish. They don't see that. Your child is a nigga to them. As much as it's toxic to get into a parental situation and you talk trash about your baby's father or your ex-husband, can't do that to your kids. Because what you're also relaying to the children is that half of you ain't worth a damn. I'm worth a damn because I'm here. Half of you ain't worth a damn. Your daddy's side ain't worth a damn. I can't do that. That's toxic. Another thing you women need to stop doing, and maybe your mother did it to you. My mother used to speak poor about my father. And uh, I remember growing up, and my father never said nothing bad about my mom. I promised my hand to God he never said nothing bad about her. And I remember when he passed, I got some of his journals. And I had to have a conversation with my mother about the fact that in the journal, I specifically went to an Easter one year where we were told to get dressed. And we had a window coming down the stairs of our house. And um, me and my brother sat in that window waiting on my dad to pull up on Easter. I mean, fully dressed. And he never showed up. And I remember I went to that date in the book. And my dad had stated that um, he tried to come get us that day. And she wouldn't let him. And so imagine how sick as a parent, as a mother, you have to be to dress your children and that stuff. And and my father wouldn't have lied about anything like that because this is a journal over the course of the years. And um, imagine being told to be dressed up to sit in a window to wait for your dad and your mother already told him he couldn't get you the day before. And so you orchestrated and staged this entire event to make our father looked bad, not realizing that eventually the truth was going to come out. Um, son has never seen, I think he, when I was engaged when he was younger, uh, we all lived in the same house. But other than that, I've been very good. And, and, and to my detriment, um, my son has never seen a man love his mother aside from his father. And because of the way that my mother was, my mother was married four times, I that I'm not doing that to my son. There ain't going to be no Negroes roaming in and out of here. We ain't going to have no baby boy situations in the kitchen. You know, ain't going to be no me choosing between my man and my child. But, you know, nothing like that. And uh, I'm not saying that I regret that, but I'm saying that maybe I should have allowed a little bit of love. Um, I also don't run around calling my son my king because he is not. He is a little prince. And when you tell your children things like, I'm the man, of, you're the man of the house now, and you're, you're all I have, and, you know, things like this, that has romantic um, connotation to it, okay? Your son is not your husband. He's not. He is not put on earth to protect you. You, you are put on earth to protect him or her. Um, I wish that a lot of women would stop dressing their children like the baby fathers that left them. Uh, The Jordans are great. All that, you know, if you have it, spend it, but your children are much more going to remember the home that they grew up in, the environment that they grew up in and were they safe, were they able to come and tell you the truth about things. That's what our kids remember. They don't really remember this pair of Jordans or that, you know, 
that shirt or whatever. You care about that stuff. The kids don't care. Um, what is also toxic is celebrating failure 364 days out of the year, and then all of a sudden on Christmas you make something happen. Or they got to wait till tax time to get some things that if you didn't smoke weed or if you didn't get your hair done or if you didn't, you know, if you just were able to handle some business on your own and stop dealing with piss poor men that are doing nothing but eating your baby's fruit snacks that you bought on a food stamp card, perhaps you would have been able to graduate to the next level in life and create a better home or create um, better imagery for your son or your daughter. We oftentimes had a conversation this week about people always blaming the mother when, you know, because somebody said something about ghetto little black girls. And I said, well, most ghetto little black girls come from absentee black fathers. So the mothers always get the bad rap. We're going to talk about toxic dads another time, but the mothers always get the bad rap, but it's kind of like, did the mom have a nervous breakdown? Is that why her daughter is pussy popping online because she's in bed depressed on medication and she's not looking in the room? You know, we never talk about the absentee father because I knew that beyond a shadow of a doubt, my father would beat my ass for a lot of things. He ain't one of my, my parents used to tell me, don't let the streets come back and tell me nothing about my child. You know, and it's for that reason, I didn't get into at least 60, 70% of the stuff I could have got into. My father, I had parents. They was not going for it. Um, I think another toxic trait is we don't tell our children the truth. Uh, Toxic mama trait, we don't tell our children the truth. We don't say, like, like, do you know how many moms I know that when you do the math, you're like, ma. Was you, like, the side chick? Like, was you, you know, we don't tell the truth to our kids. We we paint, not me, but they, you know, you paint these scenarios in which father is always the bad guy instead of saying, look, I was a hoe, you know, or, you know, like Ayanna Van Zandt told, told old girl, you know, there are very few things in life that a child should have to hear, and one of them was that her mama was a hoe. But to blame the father knowing that you knew the child wasn't in a relationship, that's not okay. It's not okay. Um, we just found out that I have a nephew that's like 20 years old. Oh, yeah, he lives on the West Coast. I had no idea. I mean, we, it was rumored, but, like, how that's toxic. Why would you wait 20 years to tell somebody, and I'm going to be truthful with you? I think a lot of times the reason that you guys don't take these men to court for child support or for visitation is because you're not sure if that's the baby dad. Paternity is in question because the first thing they're going to do is take a paternity test. And, you know, at least in my brother's situation, that's, you know what I mean? We knew that there was a probability that this child could have been his, but we don't know. In addition to that, you are doing your children a complete disservice by not advocating for them and saying, okay, I know you don't make a lot of money. Let's try to mediate this between the parents. Um, what, okay, you can't give me this amount of money. What can you give me? Because, I, you know, my thing is this. If my ex-husband even went to Applebee's while he owed me money for child support, and trust me, my child support is pennies on the dollar compared to what he would have been paying if I took him to court. He took me to court, you know, because he knew that I was having other uh, ventures and tried to. He had me audited. Oh, yeah, that's the type of cats I deal with. They call the IRS on me. Mm-hmm. He lost, but of course. Because, you know, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. So 
another toxic thing that mothers do is they give advice they don't take themselves. And so if you have a daughter and you're telling your daughter not to get into abusive relationships and stay in abusive relationships, but you did, or you still take money from the abuser, or you're still accepting his friendship or whatever, and you know he beats upon your kid. So one thing about my mom, I, like I said, she had her ways, and you'll read about them, but she had a lot of good ways. If my mom ain't rock with you. She ain't rock with you. She ain't care what you brought to her house. You could have bought her a house. She don't care. It's my house. Deed in my name. You know, you go, you know. Um, to this day, there's a man right now that wouldn't even be able to drive down my mama's street. She been gone seven years. You know, the minute that she found out he was putting hands on me, my mother was like, oh, no. You know? Get into the financially toxic mama. <sighs> Ladies, your children are not extra income. They're not. Um, you do whatever you want to do with your kids, but... Um, if my son turns 18 and he decides to stay closer to home for college, you know, there's a house for that. In that house, there's an entire floor that if he wanted to go to school and keep that as an apartment or whatever, whatever, that's what he could do. If not, I might be in California, I might be in New York City, it just depends. So while my son is in school trying to better himself, I really didn't want him to work. So I created two businesses, one of them he'll inherit when he turns 18. Um, and he's on my other business on the paperwork. I want my son to focus on his academics now, by any means, but these are things that I planned out that I wanted him to do. When he turns 18, if he's in college, he's not going to have to pay rent to live in my home as long as he's in school. As long as he takes care of his car, he takes care of his end of the, the cell phone bill, pays his car insurance, and puts food in the house that he would like to eat, that's really his rent. We as black and Latinos, we do not... No, nope, I won't say Latinos because Latinos, we will stay in the house until we're married, male and female. It's almost similar to an Italian family, if you can. Um, but black families were so quick to put our kids out. My parents used to joke that when I turned 18, they were buying me some Samsonite luggage so I could get out. Newsflash. You don't stop being a parent when they turn 18. They could be 45. They're going to always need something. And um, I think that a lot of our parents were financially abusive to us, which shapes the way that sometimes gold diggers think if they see in their home that their mother was always exchanging something to get things done. Your kids grow up and understand what you were exchanging. You got to keep a lot of that whole stuff away from your kids. You know, this dude and every other week is your uncle. Is, is this your uncle so-and-so? This is mommy friend so-and-so. You know, my son may have met dudes in passing, like you just so happened to see me out and about and he was with me, but my son didn't mug anybody, and that's my fault. You know, I just now have decided recently that I wanted to try to be in a monogamous relationship, not with anybody in particular, but just I think it would be okay because what I didn't do was allow – a man to love me so that my son could see what that looks like. So my son, my mistake was that I focused so much on getting my money, getting to this paper and being a better human and healing. And I didn't focus on my interpersonal relationships with men. Like a lot of people, like and even jokingly, like when they get a divorce, they're like, Oh, I got to find my kid a new daddy. Like I always felt like he has a father 
And so not that a man couldn't come in and help me, please, please do help me. You know what I mean? Like I need stuff done. But I feel like that was one of the mistakes is that perhaps if I had made the decision to focus on dating, because I don't know how y'all do it, that maybe he wouldn't be so spoiled, my son. Spoiled in the sense of my son has no sense of urgency in anything because he knows at the end of the day, like, oh, my mom, and you know what I mean? Or if I can't call her, I'm going to call my dad. But we need to stop financially abusing our children um, or price gouging them. You know, we need to let them have safe spaces to grow, be creative, have mistakes, make mistakes. Um, And the biggest thing that we need to do as parents is to always make sure that our children have a place to come home or that they call home. They might be sleeping on a wooden bunk bed, as I did when I first came home. They might be doing a lot of things, but we have to stop forcing these young men and women out into the streets prematurely um, instead of teaching them to have discipline to say, okay, you need to save your money and, hey, don't talk to me like that because if you talk to me like that, you can get out and teaching them to have some sort of nest egg so that your son, my son don't need your daughter and your daughter don't need my son. They can perfectly coexist in two separate spaces. They don't need each other to make the world go around. And I'm finding that a lot of older men are getting divorced or leaving relationships and they don't even know how to grocery shop. They don't know how to grocery shop. Where is your mother? Who never told you? So nobody in your family never told you what the staples was to survive. So you just been out here surviving off women. And now that you don't have a woman, you're unable to survive. That, that is toxic. We're going to get into it a little bit more probably um, on Tell the Truth Tuesday just because I'm working through some things about it. I just touched on some things lightly, but it is okay and it is all right to acknowledge that sometimes our parents wasn't the best. They may have done the best that they could, but a lot of the way that we view men, I know the way I view men, stem from the way my mother was and my family. Hmm. A lot of the way that I treat men is because I had a father. I have brothers, but I also had a mother who didn't work for almost a long time, you know, because she had someone taking care of her. And contrary to popular belief, we don't really see that much anymore of a man just saying, no, I'm going to take care of you and your babies and this, this, and this, working at Nabisco or working at a factory. You know, the more money they have, the less they want to do for some people. And we're starting to see a show of hands of women who trusted a man to pay bills and all that other stuff, and they just didn't do it. Or one day they just woke up and said, oh, I'm not doing that today. And so as a woman, it's a toxic trait to teach your daughter that she's just cute. And that's that's all that she has to offer the world is that she's cute. Like, no, you need to let her know she has a brain, she has choices, you know, she has things that she can be doing. But I think I'm going to leave this show with a song because it is Soulful Sunday. I'm thankful that y'all are listening. We're going to get more into the Toxic Mama stuff, I think, on Tell the Truth Tuesday, so make sure you guys tune in. Um, I'm thankful today that I received a fig tree. Um, that's one of my greater gifts. And it's crazy because I literally just manifested last week. I was on Ron uh, Finkley, the Gangster Gardener. Uh, page and I was like, wow, I've never actually had a fresh fig, and then I'm, I'm doing something for someone today as a favor, and mm, she offers me the fig tree, 
which I've been praying a lot for love and abundance and also something else. When you are manifesting things, so when you're manifesting, I want abundance, right? You do know that the Lord will send 4,000 jobs your way. But it doesn't, like money doesn't just fall into your lap from like a settled, you know, a structured settlement or something like that. So guys, I'm going to leave you with this tune. Hopefully you had a good day. And I will be happy to you Oh.